Good morning and welcome as we worship with St. Matthew's United Methodist Church. My name is Elaine Hall and I am blessed to be pastor here with the people of St. Matthew's. This Sunday we are reading from Mark chapter 1 and continuing to explore the authority of Jesus and our role as disciples. Will you join me in an opening prayer? Holy God, you came among us as Jesus Christ, and you lived your authority in our midst, speaking with conviction, acting with compassion, and drawing people towards your good kingdom. May we recognize your authority. May we live in your way and may we move forward proclaiming your grace with our lives to all the people we meet. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Mark chapter 1 verses 21 to 34. Jesus and his followers went into Capernaum. Immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and started teaching. The people were amazed by his teaching, for he was teaching them with authority, not like the legal experts. Suddenly, there in the synagogue, a person with an evil spirit screamed, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One from God. Silence, Jesus said, speaking harshly to the demon. Come out of him. The unclean spirit shook him and screamed. Then it came out. Everyone was shaken and questioned among themselves, What's this? A new teaching with authority. He commands unclean spirits and they obey him. Right away, the news about him spread throughout the entire region of Galilee. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed, sick with a fever. And they told Jesus about her at once. He went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she served him. That evening at sunset, people brought to Jesus those who were sick or demon-possessed. The whole town gathered near the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons. But he didn't let the demons speak because they recognized him. These are God's words for God's people, and we say thanks be to God. This week, we've seen a living example of authority and the transfer of authority within the life of our nation. So on Inauguration Day, President Donald Trump stopped being the president and President Joseph Biden began to be the president. And of course, different folks have different feelings about that transition. And um, some of the citizens of our na nation are 
um, disappointed to see President Trump leave office and are apprehensive um, and distrustful about how President Biden came to be president or are apprehensive or distrustful about what policies and actions he might take in office. Um, some citizens of our country are um, hopeful and excited at this transition of authority and are looking forward to different policies that might be put in place by the new administration. Many, many, many of our fellow citizens are just not that interested. We're tired. We're dealing with a pandemic. We're taking care of those closest to us in our homes and in our neighborhoods. And we don't really have the time or space to care much or expect much about a change of political leaders um, in Washington, relatively far away from where we live our days. And that's just some of the feelings present um, in a time of transition, in a moment of change for our nation, there are all sorts of experiences and all sorts of fears and hopes and feelings. And it's important to me as pastor, and it's important that we as the church remember to make space for all those different experiences that um, we come from different perspectives and we have different takes on the world around us. And so often I want to convince people. I want to uh, have people feel the way that I feel or the way I think that they should feel. That's such a human temptation. And I think at base, it's just really unhelpful. We all feel the ways that we feel. And trying to talk one another out of it often just makes things harder. There's a lot of experiences, and that's okay. But it is a time of transition, and it did put on display this question of authority. And there are a couple of different ways that we can look at or experience authority. There's the authority that comes from having a particular office or position. So in that case, the transfer of authority is very clear. President Trump used to have the office of president. And as the holder of the office of president, he had authority as president. But when President Biden was sworn in, that authority of office transferred from President Trump to President Biden. And there are rules and procedures that are sort of communally agreed on. And that's what makes that um, position authority work. So we have a constitution, we have rules, we have expectations, and those outline who gets what kind of authority from which position. There's also authority that comes from competence. So when someone is able to do something, they have the authority for that thing. Um, my dad was a hand surgeon. And 
he had the training, he had the certificate, but what gave him the, the authority to reconstruct people's hands was the fact that he in fact had the ability, the skill to rebuild someone's hand. And if for some reason there were a person in the world who had the title of hand surgeon, but not the ability to effectively repair hands, that person would not have full authority as a hand surgeon. So we have authority that comes from a position that you hold. We have authority that comes from ability or competence. And we have authority that comes from trust. When the people around us feel confident in us and trust us to do what we say we will do, to fulfill the obligations that we hold, then we have a different and stronger sense of authority the authority of trust often connects with the authority of position or the authority of competence, but that authority of trust is what makes people willing to accept the authority that you already have. So going back to the hand surgeon example, my dad had the position authority of being certified as hand surgeon. He had the competence authority of actually having the skills and abilities to reconstruct people's hands. And he had the trust authority because being a doctor in the same town for decades, people knew that their friends and family members had working hands thanks to Dr. Baker. And so if they had a hand injury or issue, they would also seek out Dr. Baker. So he built authority based on trust. So why am I giving a lecture about types of authority? Well, today in this scripture and really throughout Mark's gospel, Mark is exploring this idea of the authority that Jesus carries in the world and how he, um, how he functions to save and to heal and this ongoing question of by whose authority is Jesus doing what he's doing. So Jesus shows up in Capernaum and in, on the Sabbath he enters the synagogue and he starts teaching. Well, the people are amazed for a couple of reasons. So they're amazed because he does not have the position of authority. He has not been approved as an e a legal expert or as a scholar, but he speaks as someone who has authority. He certainly has the sort of authority of competence. He knows God's word. He knows how to teach God's word. He knows how to speak God's message. He also has the competence at doing God's will, bringing healing, driving out demons, healing illnesses, making things possible. 
And so the authority that rests in his actually doing the job Jesus shows up and teaches in a way that they have not heard before, embodying an authority that they have not seen before, because Jesus is a different authority. Jesus is not a legal scholar talking about the word of God. Jesus is not a religious leader guiding the people through the practices of faith. Jesus is the word of God walking among them. And it seems that even beyond the words he says, maybe even beyond the healing that he practices, those who are in contact with him have the sense that this person is different. This person has authority So how does Jesus use that authority? Well, he doesn't push people around. He doesn't uh, seek his own good or strength or reputation. He uses it to heal, to serve. People who come in touch with Jesus find that they are offered new life, that there are possibilities after encountering Jesus that there just weren't there before they encountered Jesus. And it's especially interesting to me that those forces in opposition to God's will, the demons, are able to see sooner and more clearly what Jesus' coming means. It's like they know what they have to lose, and so they can see that this Jesus is changing the game. Jesus acts with authority, with power, with influence, He is proclaiming the kingdom of God, which he's not just talking about, but also bringing to be among them. And so when he says that there will be healing, people are healed. When he says that God is with them, God really is with them. Evil and harm and opposition, those are real. We see them in our world around us. We see them in the Bible, in the people that were encountering Jesus. Oppression, anger, hatred, disease, mental illness, even supernatural disturbance by demons are all struggles in the world. And sometimes it feels like they are overwhelming. It feels like they will have the final word. It feels like there is no way that the pain and fear and violence and loneliness that surround us and that that burden our hearts, 
um, that there's no way that we'll ever get through those things. But those feelings are not true. <laughs> it is true that Jesus has the authority to heal and to save. And just as the, the demon thrown out of that man in the synagogue uh, whined and complained and shrieked and tried to say that Jesus could not do what Jesus in fact did, all the way through to Jesus' end on the cross, the demons and the forces of evil mocked Jesus and said, you cannot do what you have come to do. But my friends, Jesus died and rose again. And the power of all those things that oppose his goodwill is broken. It's still with us. It might be shrieking and whining and trying so hard to get our attention and to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. And Jesus has the authority and the power and the influence that his word is the final word and his victory is the final victory. We don't have to grasp for our own authority. We don't have to look for human people to make things right and to set us free. But we can joyfully participate in the life that Jesus gives us and lean into that and encourage it where we see it because Jesus has come and has the authority that we might have life and we might have it abundantly. Amen. Will you pray with me? Holy God of all power and might, tender God, of all gentleness and compassion. Thank you that you are who you are, that you have the authority and the power, that your story is the truth and your word is the final word. Draw us closer and closer to yourself. Bind up our hearts by your grace. Give us the strength and the courage that come from knowing and leaning into your will, which is ultimate and final and strong. We pray, God, not just for our congregation, but for all your people throughout the whole world, that anywhere people put their faith in Jesus, that you would be among us to strengthen and to heal, to pour out your authority over us and to use us for your purposes in this world. We pray for the leaders and the rulers of our world, 
for those who make decisions that affect so many others. May those decisions be made with wisdom and with compassion, with courage, and with conviction. We pray for Joseph, our president, and Roy, our governor, for all those who have been elected or appointed to be our leaders. May we, together with them, work for our common good and recognize the dignity of every human being. We pray for this, our local community of Morganton. We pray for our hospital staff and nursing home staff, for all those who are caring for people who are ill, and for all who are struggling with sickness or despair. We pray for our public health department and all the hard work that they are doing to guide us safely through this time of pandemic. May we join together with them and with one another in the noble cause of fighting this pandemic and saving lives. We pray for the teachers and school leaders who are working so hard to care for and teach our children in these unprecedented days. Give them every strength and every rest that they need for their good work. We pray for Max Ledford, that you would heal his body and comfort his spirit, draw him forward into health and wholeness, as he recovers from coronavirus. We pray for the family of Jack Perry and for all those who loved and will miss him. Fill and uphold them with your grace and carry them forward through these next hard days. And God, even as we pray these prayers aloud, we pray also and lift up the requests that we carry in our own hearts. Lead God and direct us by your grace, for we pray in the name of Jesus, who is teaching us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus came into this world to heal and to save. You are people claimed by a loving God. Go into this world to live the healing that you have received and to offer it to those who are hurting or in need. Go in the name of God, who is Father and Son 
and Holy Spirit. Amen.